welcome to the 1% Podcast. My name is Avi Wiswer, social media influencer and motivational speaker. Every week you hear an inspiring message. We hear from a person that is on their journey to success. With each episode, I hope that you can take something valuable with you, become 1% better in your life. Thank you for stopping by and let the growth begin. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 1% Podcast. As always, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for showing support. Thank you guys for showing love on every single episode. I have a guest with me today. Her name is Sarai. She's a Latina artist. Sarai, I'll give you the floor if you want to introduce yourself, what you do. The floor is yours. Yeah. My name is Sarai. I'm a reggaeton Latin pop artist entrepreneur, CEO, etc. Um, I also sing in English, do R&B, dance, pop. Um, but yeah, I'm a artist who does literally everything from like the creative uh, music side to the video concepts to the rollout for all of my singles. So I, I kind of want to know what that what that is like, just doing it all by yourself. What is, what are the, obviously the pros, what are the cons of just being the CEO, creating everything, doing everything for you? Yeah, I mean, I've done both. I've worked with a team, but also worked by myself. I think, I mean, everything, you know, you can't do without hard work. So Mm -hmm. um, definitely a lot of planning goes into it, a lot of hard work, a lot of hours, um, and definitely a lot of just thinking and brainstorming, like what ideas should I, you know, closet? What ideas should I go through with? What ideas should I, you know, make a part of my album, a part of the concept of the videos? Um, yeah, but all of my ideas are essential to who I am. They're a piece of me. So like a single I just released, it's called Duda, which means like strong, powerful woman. And the concept of the video is me as an artist, me as an entrepreneur, businesswoman, and as a student. So that's like my life, and I decided to put that into the video. So full-time student and also being a, I would consider a full-time musician, What what is that, the juggling of the schedules, what is that like for you being able to go to school and obviously create music and all of that stuff? It's a lot. (laughs) Thankfully, like I'm in a program where I get to make music for my classes, which is sick. Mm -hmm. But it's a lot of work. You got to like split your split your brain in two sometimes. And like I'm in class and I'm, you know, learning about copyright law. But then the second it's over, I got to go think about the release and like what I have to plan out. So it's a lot of scheduling and like organizing time. So are you like a celebrity on campus when you're walking around? Everybody's like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) no, no, we're not there yet. (laughs) But um, I think what's really cool about my program is we're all doing the same thing. We're all I mean, in different ways, but we're all, you know, have similar goals and we all like support each other. And, you know, you you tell people your ideas, they give you ideas and it's it's really cool. I know everybody that at least the musicians that I've spoken to have a different creative process with music um and i feel like music is just not one size fits all everybody i guess beats their own drum with music what would you say is your creative process with it why is music so important to you and why are you so passionate about creating and and making music i like that question thank you um i think 
music for me is we can communicate and connect through music um with my songs that I've written I've connected with people on the other side of the world who have like written me oh you know I I love your song like it made me feel this way that way and I think those messages and those feelings are priceless like there's nothing better than receiving a message and them saying you know I loved your song it made me feel empowered it made me cry I you know it was a voice to my feelings um so I think that's definitely why I make music and I've been writing since I was like eight my creative process is I usually like to start with the music writing lyrics to it I used to write like very profound things you know whatever but um as I got older I just want to make music to enjoy to have fun um and yeah <laughs> kind of lost my train of thought what, was there any music that you've created that may be that has gone you at a difficult time obviously if people listening to it they're like oh you know i've cried or whatever but mm -hmm. has there been certain songs that you've created that you know you look back on it and it's like this got me out of a dark time and this is why i want to release it for other people yeah 100 percent. a lot of songs that i have like gay kept away but um, my single, Candela, which I did a remix with Puerto Rican rapper John Z. Um, we, I wrote that song coming into the studio for the first time after going through treatment for Lyme disease. So Lyme disease is a, a disease caused by a tick bite. And I had it for 12 years. I had no idea. No one, like, no one could figure out what I had, basically. I had every symptom in the book. And everyone was like, you're either crazy, it's all in your head, or there's nothing wrong with you and I was like I know there's something wrong I eventually got a diagnosis and did treatment but during that time I lost my voice so the only thing that got me out of bed was sitting at my piano and playing and writing songs but then when I got better I got to NYU I was like you know what I want to make a change and I want to start singing music in Spanish and connect with my Latin roots so I went to the studio and when I got there, I was like, I feel a fire, a passion inside. And then that's how Candela came out. Candela means flame, fire. So I wrote that about just feeling passionate about music and being in a new headspace. What was that? I guess take me through that process of having Lyme disease. Um, what was it like for you, your family, and your life at that time? Yeah, so... I remember I was six years old when I first got it and I like remember being in like a lot of pain then it developed from like pain in all my body to like a little bit of confusion um, and I was like I don't know what's going on with me like I slowly felt like I was just kind of breaking down and I didn't know why I was like what is going on here I went to every single doctor there was literally and in Boston, you know, like it's filled with all the hospitals and everything. So I went, I went to every single doctor you could think of. And eventually they're like, it's all in your head. Like you're, you're fine, you're good. But I knew I had to become my own self-advocate. I was like, I know there's something wrong with me and I'm not crazy, you know, like there's something wrong. So eventually um, I did some other tests and it came out as Lyme disease and at that time, I think the biggest thing is I was thankful for the diagnosis because I was like, it's confirmation that I, you know, I wasn't feeling well and now I can get better and move forward and, you know, feel better and just be happier in life. 
Um, so then that whole treatment process, like I couldn't have done without my family. I, I did um, IV antibiotics, IV therapy, and was bedridden for four months. And yeah, completely lost my voice. And I literally disappeared. Everyone was like, where did you go? What happened? Like, what is going on? And I was like, I was just battling this by myself. And I think I couldn't have done it without music. Yeah. yeah. So that lasted for 12 years. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So the, the I'm, I'm guessing, obviously, the symptoms prolonged itself um, to the point where it's like, listen, something's got to be done because mm-hmm. I'm not feeling well. I couldn't even imagine, um, knock on wood, I haven't really had any sicknesses. Yeah. Um, but I could just imagine how that could be able to affect you um, in, in everyday life. I do want to know, what was it like um, collaborating with John Z? Um, yeah. I didn't know who he is. I, I do listen to um, Latin music. I do listen to Spanish music. But I didn't know he wa- who he was until you know I saw the video and then I looked him up after. What was it like collaborating with him? It was an amazing experience. I So... I was talking to a couple people. I was looking for a collaboration for that song because out of all the songs on my album, I was like, this is the one. This is the gem. This is the one that I want to, you know, do a remix with someone. Um, And I was kind of like looking through. I'm like, you know what? I really like John's sound. I really like what he does. He listened to the song and he was like, I love it. Like, let's do something. And I remember at the time he was in Puerto Rico and I was in Miami. And I just remember receiving like, his part of the song and his verse and I was like oh my god this is exactly what the song needed and it's cool because as a musician you can piece the song together so I had the old song and I completely restructured it and I went also Looney from Looney Tunes who's the producer who did Gasolina by Daddy Yankee um, and a bunch of other reggaeton hits and he was like let's do it I love the song we went to the studio together in Miami and he was like what is your vision for this song and I said you know I just want to continue bringing the power the the fuego the candela the fire to this song and I said let's restructure it let's put John at the beginning so it starts off strong and then I'll come in with the chorus and then we kind of like pieced everything together and yeah and then that happened wow what Obviously, when, when you're receiving that verse, it's like you're not able to process the moment. Um, and I feel like, at least for myself, during those th- those moments where, you know, you have a dream or you want something to happen and it does happen, you're kind of like in awe or you don't really notice it within the moment. Mm-hmm. Within that, were you able to identify and, and appreciate that moment when it happened or did it not hit you until later on? I remember I was with my dad. And I received the text and I was like, oh, my God, dad, you have no idea what just happened. He was like, what? I'm like, John, send me his verse. So we opened up, we listened to it. And my dad was like, that's Candela. And I was like, oh, my God, it was just so funny. But it was it was like an, like this is happening. Like this is the start of like something really big. So I was really excited. I can't even imagine what, you know, what it may feel like um, after, you know, reaching certain things like that and um, just kind of being being able to probably process it was a lot. I do want to know what is something that maybe an avenue that you want to go in with your music that you haven't that you maybe thought of that you kind of want to insert yourself. Is, is there any things that you've thought within making your music that maybe, you know, what I kind of want to try this? 
Yeah, definitely. I'm going to cross over to English this year. Um, I'm going to continue making music in Spanish, but I want my music and my career to reflect my life. And that's what it is. It's, you know, I'm half Latin, um, American, and I want people to hear that voice. I definitely want to talk more about my like health journey because I think those things, even though we don't hear too many people talk about them, like they're things that people need to hear. Um, and yeah, also give voice to a lot of other people. I like to take people's stories and write songs based on that. So I want to definitely elevate people's voices, collaborate with people from, you know, the other side of the world, uh, to create a new sound. Collaboration. I think it's something in today's day and age is that some people may seem as, I kind of want to say that. They really don't like it because they feel as if, you know, it's it's a handout or something that they didn't really create on their own. Mm -hmm. To you, in your in your terms, how important do you think collaboration is with others and other sounds and just in general? So I used to write completely by myself. And then when I started collaborating, it completely opened my mind up. I'm like, there are so many other ideas that people can give you that you can create together off especially using people as like soundboards when you're um when you're creating ideas i think that is really special you can create something completely different that you never thought of and things that are out of your comfort zone yeah yeah what what would you say you would want your legacy to be within creating music obviously you know if you could if you could take a look 20 years down the line 30 years down the line what would you say you would want your legacy to look like i like that question um <laughs> That's a hard one, but I think definitely making music that people enjoy and that can make memories too, and also music that people can connect with, even if it's like a stupid dance song. If they feel like that's, you know, that's their song, then I did something right. Shout out to TikTok because TikTok is going crazy right now with the dances. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Have I, I kind of do want to uh, touch on that topic because there's a, a friend of mine who is a musician that I asked about TikTok. Do you think that music is now moving into the creating sounds or creating music for social media platforms? Yeah, so Ed and I here have talked about that a lot. <laughs> um, but definitely, I think it is because before TikTok, sounds were just kind of coming about by, you know, because of songs. But now there's a whole other market where people are making songs specifically for TikTok, sounds for TikTok. And I think it's really interesting, but I don't know where music is going to head from there. Because some people say TikTok is going to die. Others say TikTok is going to rise. So I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I do think, though, that um, I think that making the music for a certain type of platform is not really... I think it's kind of like an easy way out. It's like a ticket yeah. way out, you know, where mm -hmm. one sound can just go blow up. People can see it. Everybody can play it. But then it's, I don't think there's anything that's sustainable after that. Yeah. Rather than just creating um, a very solid song, you know, releasing it on the, all the platforms. And then, you know, if somebody wants to use it on TikTok, then they're able to do so. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, with all the legal stuff with TikTok, there, it could be gone. It could be here. We'll, we, we may never know. But I think in terms of just like creating music or just creating in general and, and wanting to create a platform for anybody that wants to use TikTok, I think create the things that you want to create. And then whatever you like, whatever resonates with you, 
obviously it'll be able to relay itself over to TikTok. Um, I do want to know what is an ideal artist that obviously besides John Z, who else would you want to be able to collaborate with in the industry? Um, that's a hard one. A lot of people have asked me that question and it's like, I have my ideas of people that I'd like to collaborate with and like dreams like, oh, one day I'd love to collaborate with like Beyonce or something like that. But I think that's something that I want to be open to if a collaboration comes about and I take that opportunity. I want to see what comes out of that because I might be able to make something different, something that sounds, you know, a new sound and something that adds to my sound. So We'll see. I think I'm going to be open to what comes about and who knows. <laughs> what would you say to obviously adding your sound? Mm-hmm. Um, what it, to a musician's ear, how do you know if somebody is would work well with you and how would you know if they don't work well with you? I think more than musically, I think it has to do with the vibe because if you go and like, you know, sit at a computer, sit in a studio and you're trying to write something and like the vibes are off, then it's not gonna work. I think musically, if you have completely different sounds, there's a totally a way that you can blend them, mesh them, so then you can create something new. But if the vibes are off, if people are like not willing to be open, then it's not gonna work out. Sorry. Are you, are you, what, what would you say you are open with? And what are, what are some things that you think that, you know what, this, I, I can't do this? I think the things that I would say I can't do are things that I've just never tried to do. Um, I've been playing around with a lot of different styles now, Afrobeats, going further into dance, um, rapping, which I could not do before because I cannot speak fast at all. (laughs) But I think I'm open to trying these things. And if it doesn't work out the first time, like I'll try it again until I get it. Mm hmm. That's interesting. I do want to know what kind of Afro beats or have you been partaking in or, or rap? I do kind of know, mm-hmm. want to know a little bit more of that. Yeah. And well, I think I first started to do like stay on the pattern of reggaeton because in the genre, if you kind of move out of the bounds of the genre, then it's like, OK, I'm not going li- to the listeners of the genre are saying, you know, I'm not going to listen to that. But then I said, you know, let me bring in a little bit of electronic. Let me bring in a little bit of pop to make kind of the right blend. Then I decided, you know, let me try something else. I started to do Afrobeats in Spanish. And I was like, I really like this. (laughs) This is a vibe. And then I was like, you know what? Why not try it in English? And I love doing the, um, I don't know what it's called exactly, but like, sing things like in a in a chopped up rhythm instead of more melodic because I'm a singer so like things for me are very singy but I was like you know what when I when I started to make reggaeton music I started to chantear which is like a mix in between like singing and rapping Mm -hmm. and then I just kind of kept moving that way and kept like kept practicing honestly until I got it I do, I do kind of want to know what that would sound like. Um, I guess maybe, you know, one day you could just send it over and I want to be able to take a listen. Yeah. Um, I do kind of want to know, is there something that you've been doing outside of music that maybe not many people see behind the scenes that maybe is, is another passion of yours that obviously is not on the scenes, but 
something that you really do find joy in in creating or or doing outside of music yeah um a lot of things actually um I definitely am a person that I'll hibernate my apartment and just kind of do the things that I like to do and then go out into the world for a bit and then go back. But I think definitely um, like skincare and makeup has always been something that I love to do just because one, it's so connected to artistry and um, music than people realize. Um, You know, I mean, even you go on a TV show or you go on a show or you... Um, like go out and do a concert or something like that. I mean, for women, obviously you like get dressed up and you do your makeup and whatever, but uh, I love that. I love skincare because I have acne and I have had acne all my life and I want to figure out how to get rid of it and help other people do the same. So that also health, I think is so important for me. I have been wanting to do like more podcasts and, and talk more about my story because I don't share it too much Um, and I think I didn't want to share it not because I was afraid but because I was like do people really like care about this stuff and then I was like actually there's a whole group of people that are in the same position that I am so that's another thing and then just like geeking out about music (laughs) things which I love to do. (laughs) I do think though that people probably would I just from the the followers and just people that maybe share similar experiences that people would want to be able to know more about your story because we can all relate to something you know somebody has been through the same experience or along the lines of the same experience and by them being able to relate or you sharing your piece and you know maybe you guys can be able to connect that way I do think that you know sharing more of your story makes you you and how you have made it and will continue to keep making it so I do think that you should continue to keep saying your story and, you know, the right people resonate with it. And if they don't, then fuck them. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> that's literally my favorite line. Yeah, so if not, yeah. fuck them. Um, Thank you. I do want to know, where is I about to go with this? I just lost my <laughs> You're good. <laughs> um, I do want to know. Well, first of all, I do want to say that maybe creating another, creating a makeup brand or self <laughs> brand could be able to be something in the future that maybe you would want to partake in from being a CEO mm-hmm. of already. You could be able to, you know, maybe hit up Rihanna and see what yeah. you guys can be able to do. Rihanna, hit me up. <laughs> no, 100%. I, in my head, have always had those ideas. Another thing is I style the, the outfits in my videos and... Um, I think I have worked with like other people in the videos too, but some of them I did all by myself and I was like, you know what, this is the vision that I have. And it's funny seeing the behind the scenes to all of that because I will like online shop or like run to stores and like piece random things together that you're like, okay, this purple top has nothing to do with these like, I don't know, bright yellow pants but like you put them together and it works so like that's another thing i would love to again i said ceo so you know i have my own company but i hope that that will translate into like products and things like that it could even be fashion whatever you would want to be able to do with it whatever you know lane that you want to be able to go in i do know that um music and singing especially takes a lot of self-confidence was there was it always the the confident singer or was there times where like I don't even want to be able to sing in front of anybody I just kind of want to sing in the shower just by myself 
A little bit of both because I was the type of person that like did shows in my basement when I was younger and like would drag my siblings into it. <laughs> um, but I think definitely around the time of my Lyme disease treatment, because I like disappeared and like when I came back to school, people were like, like, where'd you go? Like, but in a weird way, they were like, you know, what's wrong with you? And I was like, I started to feel self-conscious about myself and I started to hate my body a little bit because I was like, why are you not kind of working how it's supposed to work? And I think that has affected me a lot, but thankfully today um, I'm much better and, you know, yeah. Um, I think I have worked a lot on myself, a lot on my music, and now I feel a lot better about it. But I would say to all of the people who feel that way and feel you know maybe shy or don't want to sing in front of people like it doesn't matter what other people say you yeah. know at the end of the day if you feel happy doing what you're doing that's the most important thing mm. i think that is a that's a very big point um just with you know not only music but i think with anything um as long as you know you like it or you love it then i think that's really all that matters i do within that time of the Lyme disease what was it like obviously you had to be isolated for a little bit a little mm -hmm. bit of time um I, I would presume that you were homeschooled during that time uh what was what was that kind of isolation phase like yeah. during that time with actually no yeah. human connection thank you for asking that question no one's ever asked me that before and that's something that I had to deal with a lot because um it was, I took that time, it was like senior projects in our like high school, and I was going to write an album. I was ready to like put all of my music out, and I was so excited, but then I was like, you know what, I have to put that on hold, and I have to focus on my health. Um, I was completely isolated, and I think when the pandemic started, like it kind of brought me back to that place, because I knew what it felt like to be all alone. Um like obviously my mom was there my siblings my dad my parent uh, my friends visited me um but a lot of people didn't reach out and didn't you know didn't say anything didn't say you know where are you are you okay uh, I also didn't share too much about it at first um not because I was embarrassed but because I was like I don't know I felt broken down and I had to build myself back up but I think that moment of isolation was when I really had to sit with all of my thoughts and be like, right now in time, like you are completely alone and you have to figure out how to how to build yourself back up and how to keep going. Mm. So I think that was a pivotal time in my life and shaped who the person I am. Has I, I know from a psychological standpoint, um, being isolated around uh with just yourself can affect interpersonal relationships. Um, maybe, you know, some people maybe want to at a distance, whether it's, you know, friends, lovers, whatever, whatever it may be. I know that, I, I don't know, I read a lot of books that, that, that say that. So mm -hmm. I really kind of wanted to know, was there anything within that time period of isolation that maybe you kind of wanted to distance yourself from, from friends, relationships, whatever it may be? Was yeah. there something, a time period like that? hundred um, percent. There were a lot of people, well, my close circle, uh, sometimes my friends would come over and they're like, okay, like, let's go out and do something. And I'm like, 
I can't even get out of bed, you know, like I, but not because I didn't want to, I obviously did, but I had to understand that you have to be patient with your body. And when your body asks you to slow down, you have to do it. Um, I was talking recently with someone about like a work-life balance. Um, And for me as an artist, I would say it's different than kind of other careers. But for me, it's like there is not too much of a work-life balance because my life is my music. You know, as a musician, you have to be in it 24-7. And just the life balance has to be a part of your work. Um, so that that's an interesting thing that I've had to learn how to do. Has there been, ever been a point where work was more than work balance was more than life? Where you were maybe have felt a little bit more overwhelmed than, than you Yeah, did? definitely. There were times because I live here in, in New York and I had to go out to Miami and I have insomnia. So <laughs> I would literally sleep like one hour, half and like not even an hour and have to get up go to the airport on zero sleep on the flight couldn't sleep at all because I had to work on the plane land like get ready go and you know go on a tv show or something like that and in those moments I have to say I did sacrifice my health for my work Mm. but later on I had to take the toll because my body just couldn't handle it so I needed to obviously try and sleep earlier and try and take care of my body so that I could do everything that I had to at 110% yeah. rather than like a 90%. The power of saying no, I think, is something yeah. that um, we obviously would want to be able to do all those things. But mm-hmm. I think when, like you said, that we have to be able to listen to our body, listen to how we're feeling. And maybe, you know, if we just don't want to do it, we just just don't want to do it you know yeah. um and i think there's a lot of power in that and it's okay to disappoint a little yeah. people or those opportunities will always 100%. come around um is that something that you've kind of learned to you know what i just i can't right now like, yeah i don't want to they're definitely there are things that i've had to tough through and just do them because they were scheduled or something like that but other things i'm like you know what today i'm tired today i need to sleep i need to just be in bed all day And at first I wouldn't allow myself to do that because I was like, that is unacceptable. You have to work, you have to, you know, get up and go. But if you can't rest and take that time, there's no way that you can get up and do everything that you have to do at, you know, your best. Yeah. I I would think that maybe making a checklist within that Mm -hmm. day is is something that would be extremely important. Um, Something that I've started to do is just I think that obviously with life, with creating, with trying to quote unquote make it, you need to be able to set realistic goals and and goals that, you know, may be a little bit far fetched that we may not be able to get to. Um, And obviously the short terms and the non-negotiables could be whatever it may be, taking care of yourself, uh, going to the gym, doing, you know, music work, whatever it may be to be able to make sure that, you know what, these things are what I have to hit and everything else could just be extracurricular. And if I hit it, then I hit it. And if I don't, I don't. Exactly. I like to make lists and they're really messy and I like write them out on paper, but they're how I stay on track and I figure out, you know, what, what are the things that I need to do? Because sometimes when we get stressed, when we have a lot of things on our plate, our head gets, you know, all I don't know, mixed up. And I literally write down everything I have to get done, whether it like from the top priority to maybe something that, you know, doesn't hold too much priority. But if I happen to check everything off on the list that day, then I'll get to it. 
So the scheduling in terms of, I'm guessing every day has got to be jam-packed for you within scheduling, yeah. school, uh, music. What, I guess take me through a day-to-day, -day, what, what it normally would look like. Um, it, obviously every day varies, but what, what it does it look like day-to-day? Yeah, well, I'm a night owl, so <laughs> I like to stay up late at night. Um, I try and wake up not super early, but early enough where, you know, it's still, I can still get things done. So I wake up, I like shower, get ready. I make myself food. I immediately write a list and write down everything that I have to get done. Then from that, I start working. I, you know, work on the computer. Or if I'm really in a rush, I'll just rush out of the house and go do what I need to do. But it could be anything from, like, doing schoolwork to music to interviews, podcasts, etc., cetera, um, promotion to, you know, going to the doctor to get my, like, IVs, vitamins, things like that, checkups. Um, and then, like, workout classes, dance classes if I have time. But I'll hit the gym to make sure that I'm, you know – taking care of my body, eating healthy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's jam-packed until usually at least 1 a.m. And then, um, yeah, I oh, wow. yeah I usually go to sleep around 2. It depends. No. <laughs> <laughs> but um, if I have a late night, it'll be, you know, I'll be in the studio until 5 a.m. and I'll go, go to bed at 6. And then maybe I'll have to wake up at 9, 3 hours later to you know do it all over again insomnia at its finest yeah um, literally <laughs> that's um that's a that's a pretty bit of a, of a busy schedule i wouldn't even know how <laughs> i'd be able to operate because i need a i need some sleep um, yeah i'm not a person that can really sleep the eight hours but as long as i can get my six then yeah I i'm need, good i need sleep because yeah. if not then everything kind of gets out of whack man that's uh that's a pretty packed schedule um, I couldn't even imagine, uh, like I said, what I would be able to do with that schedule, but more power to you. And, you know, if you're able to continue to keep going, you know, that's, that's a, it's a lot of willpower and a lot of strength. So I definitely hats off to you and credits to you. Um, you. what do you think within these next five years, mm -hmm. what do you see yourself accomplishing? What do you think maybe too, too far of a goal, but I kind of really want to know where do you see yourself within these next five years? I think there are a lot of goals that I have. It's just how soon can I, you know, <laughs> reach them. But I think I definitely want to keep developing my company, my artistry. I want to release a second album in both English and Spanish, crossover to English. Um, and just keep doing that. I'd love to do more shows, tour. Uh, that's one of my big goals because I feel like ever since I was, you know, Little, I, I want to do shows. I want to perform for, for people. Um, but I think more than anything, I see myself feeling happy in the place that I'm in. Because right now, I feel like it's more steady than it's been. And I have been, you know, doing it, going at it. But in the past, while the good moments are such highs, the lows are so low. And I think keeping that steady... And making sure in the next five years, you know, everything kind of levels out. Um, I think I'll be happier. I'd argue, though. Mm -hmm. I'll play devil's advocate. Yeah. I'd argue that the bad would not be, would not feel as good once the, the you're over the hump without yeah. those lows, without yeah. those moments of whether it's doubt or just burnt out, whatever it may be, mm -hmm. feeling sense of overwhelm. I feel like they wouldn't feel as good. 
if it weren't for for those lows and then once the highs you're like well i mean i i overcame it you know yeah um, that mountain was conquered i think that obviously in life there's gonna be as as one of my friends kid works would say ebb and flow of mm -hmm. of life and you know it life's gonna ebb and it's gonna flow it's not gonna be just a constant i think we could try to maintain it as as much as possible um but to for me personally i think that it it will never be a, a sense of constant um I think maybe within that can be contentment. You know, you yeah. can be content with where you're at. But I don't know, at least from my personal experience, it's just been a, obviously highs and, and extreme lows. And then it's kind of been, you know, in the middle as well. Um, so I, I just think that the highs will come and I think the lows will come. But I do feel like you will be able to get at an even keel or just a better place. Yeah. where no, I do agree with you. Um, do. Better place where you'll be able to be at mentally in, in every aspect of your life mm -hmm. the last question i want to be able to ask you is what is something that you want to become one percent better within this year you know this is my year of growth i feel like january came around and i was like i'm gonna really change a lot of things about my life i think one percent growth i think i want one percent in a lot of areas <laughs> but i want to be more productive I want to work harder. More productive. I mean, yeah. the productive <laughs> is already insane already. Yeah, but I feel like you can always be 1% better. So I think more productive, uh, I can work harder. I think you can always work harder. You can put, you know, I don't know, 20 hours into something. But if there is something that you can shift over slightly that makes your work more productive or, you know, makes you – not do it faster, but do it better, yeah. then I'm going to make those changes. Um, definitely, I want to start writing more because I spent a lot of time where I wasn't writing out my thoughts. And how I used to songwrite was literally just write a laundry list. It was 10 pages of what I was thinking. And I think I got so wrapped up in everything that I was doing and just the go, go, go that I stopped kind of reflecting on what was happening in the moment and I think I definitely reflect on the good moments and I think I want to look back on them a little more mm. and say you know I hit that goal and that was so great and what is what's the next goal where are we going next yeah so I think a sense of this. presence it yeah seems like. exactly presence and mm. being in the moment I think I like that one um I haven't I haven't heard that one and I, and I really do like it because I think the the presence the gratitude is something that can go a long way you know within the success within the growth because mm -hmm. i think with that without the gratitude you're you could be able to delay or block a lot of the blessings because you know life is thrown at you um all these great things and you haven't really taken the time to just accept it appreciate it um and value it correctly um so i do think that i i do think that the sounds like the journaling would be extremely you know great and i think that it, it'll be able to something that we all need to do you know just yeah within within our lives i want to say i appreciate you thank you for coming on um thank you where can the people find you on social media yeah you can find me like sarai music official on all my platforms and sarai music on youtube it was a pleasure. Thank you for coming by. Thank you for stopping by. Everybody listening, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for showing support. Thank you guys for showing love on every single episode. This is the 1% Podcast. I'm out.